from Bentonville, the epicenter of retail's hometown, it's the Supplier Community Podcast, giving you 24-7 access to a community of emerging and experienced thought leaders in the retail space. Enjoy the show. Today, in the second installment of the Reality of Shopper series in the Supplier Community Podcast, Matt Lawrence will talk with Josh Bruins of Delray Marketing about his journey as a shopper marketer. They'll discuss his career and insights as well as a message from his life that he hopes will help others in the shopper marketing space. It's gonna be fun. We're gonna just sit and talk today and have a little bit of a conversation. Um, first off though, you have some something new going on in your life. I looked at your LinkedIn profile. Yeah, absolutely. And you're not at Kraft Heinz anymore. No, I'm not actually. Um, I'm fortunate, I, I had three amazing years there and honestly, it's some of the most fun years of my career. So I, it, it, was, it was awesome and I love all the people I got to work with. Yeah. Uh, but as you grow and as you develop, I was actually able to um, work with a company who I'd been working with at Kraft Heinz, who I saw amazing potential with the technology they offered, with the results they delivered, and just was so impressed by what they what they did, who they were in their integrity, that I, I called them up and said, hey, what would it look like if we worked together and, and partnered together? And so, yeah, I'm working with a group called Delray Marketing out of LA. We have a, an amazing media and technology tool, as well as some other things going on. And so now I get to just go meet with people just kind of like you do and get to enjoy those conversations and help them solve business problems uh, through the technology that we have. That's very cool. So you've been doing that. How long have you been with them now? Oh, since um, late January. Okay. So not long at all. So you're rocking and rolling. Yeah, That's cool. absolutely. Okay. Very cool. Absolutely. So friends and neighbors that don't know need to reach out to you and, uh, and get a chance to spend yes, some time. Yes, please. You have to tell them what's it's, going on. It's right? great because we are really focused on how do we guarantee the activations that that we're promising. So um, a lot of times there are companies who are who are great companies, but they work off of an impression based and off of um, just I don't know what whatever they can um, showcase to you that I, I find a lot of times are fluffy metrics. Mm -hmm. And this was a company that I was really excited about because in my career, one of the things that I've always been excited about is how do you drive true incrementality? How do you drive ROI? And what are ways that, that you can do that and guarantee results and not just go, well, maybe or maybe not it happens and maybe or maybe not the shopper seeing what you're putting out there. That was always frustrating to me. And so that's why this company was so intriguing to me that we are telling brand stories um, and, and shopper stories and solving business problems. We're ensuring that people are actually seeing that and, and ensuring that they're engaging with it. So um, it's, it's really exciting. Uh, I know with clients I've worked with over the last number of years, it's always, what are we trying to accomplish? What's our objective? Mm -hmm. And then how do I measure it? And then on the back end, did I do what I needed to do? Did it do what I wanted it to do? Right. And how do I learn and grow? So it's right. no matter who you're working with, that's always the kind yeah. of the recipe for, for the Absolutely. Programs, right? And I think that um, suppliers are getting much smarter about things. And that was one thing I loved about Kraft Heinz is we were very intentional about measuring results and about looking at was what we were doing effective versus our KPIs and then growing from that. And I think suppliers are getting smarter about it and they're they're requiring that so it's no longer just a, a nice to have it's it's a requirement and um so so i think as people are progressing in their shopper marketing careers that's something important to be focusing on that that you are learning from that and that you are growing in those guaranteed metrics mm -hmm. that's right that makes sense um talking um also about what's happening in kind of walmart these days um it used to be um real easy to measure because you were looking at in-store 
mm -hmm. in, in store sales and you're looking at online sales. Right. And they're two different islands, two different silos, and they had their own KPIs, their own tactics, their own metrics. Right. Uh, it, those, those two have clashed. Absolutely. Right. And so they're not two anymore. It Absolutely. Feels like they're they're one. Yeah. And you know a lot of a lot of times in, in still even today there's the in store team and the online team. Yeah. And I, I think what we're seeing with what Walmart's doing, which I think is the right move, and I'm hopeful suppliers will, will match that, is it's, it's no longer about a shopper who is only an e-com shopper, only a uh, store shopper. It's, we need to focus there first. So if you remember back in the day, we, we've known each other for, for a long time, there was the shopping cycle. And that, that, was, that was great for the time, but with everything that's gone on, um, we've realized that it's not about a linear journey it's not even about, in, in my opinion, a funnel. Um, it's, it's about putting the shopper at the center and allowing them to shop how they want. And um, I, I saw that one of the last um, interviews you had with Brad Godwin and, and agree. I, I love the term fluid commerce because I think it's more representative of what the shopper is in their behavior than um, what we've traditionally tried to do, which is um, go by a business model rather than by what the shopper is doing. Yeah, there really is no path. There is it's no not path. a singular path, and it, it's not even on me. It, it's, right. It's harmonized. It's fluid commerce. It, it's, it's however she wants to shop. Right? right. It's the ability for the shopper to do what they want, when they want, how they want it. And, and that's what we have to provide for them is that seamless experience and not a we're pushing you into a path. It's we're allowing you to take the journey that you want to take at the time you want to take it. Because it's not every day that I... I may want to go into the store, or I may want to do it online. I'm not one or the other. I'm all. Yeah, you're all. <laughs> and so, yeah. and that's what the shopper is, and and that's how we have to um, evolve our the way we speak to them and the way we allow them to um, engage with with our products. It depends on their need state, right? Mm -hmm. And my need state can change radically based on what's happening around me. Absolutely. We were talking earlier. Yes. Something going on in the news right now. Absolutely. The coronavirus. Yeah. And uh, I've got fam my family are in Nashville going to the mm -hmm. SEC tournament, the basketball tournament, and they're trying to figure out, can, do I go Should to the, do, this yeah, do I go, right. do I be around a lot of people? And so I'm noticing shopper behavior changing as well. Mm -hmm. um, if I don't have to go in the store, if I don't want to go in the store, I don't have to. Talk a little bit about that because I think yeah. that is driving a faster reaction and change in shopper behavior. Absolutely. Right? I 100% agree yeah. with you because uh, you're seeing right now um, social distancing is what they're calling it. Yeah. So so people are, are pulling away from um, big crowds and everything. And I think that's going to be uh, impacted at the store as well because they're like, how can I avoid the store? I think Walmart has done a, a, a terrific job of building their um, e-commerce business and building their uh, grocery delivery uh, or grocery delivery and uh, grocery pickup business. But I think the adoption has been slow or slower than maybe they had wanted, in, especially in certain markets. I think this is going to propel that adoption quickly. And the suppliers who are really um, intentional about helping people see that their brand is the right brand, they're, they're gonna be the ones who are gaining share in in this transition of new acquisition, if you will, toward or new adoption toward the grocery pickup and delivery. And in Walmart itself is going to be poised in this to, to win. And so I think I think they, they're gonna do well. I think Amazon um, will continue to do well um, because people just don't want to go to the store and don't wanna do that. Um, it was interesting yesterday, I saw a press release from Walmart and what they're doing to keep their store clean, which I, th I thought was a, a right move on their part. And then at the very bottom, there was a little statement that said, hey, and if you haven't tried grocery pickup or, or our e-commerce, now's a great time to try it. 
think that's smart. And I, I think I think you're if if I were in their shoes, I'd be looking at how do I find these markets where I'm I have not had the adoption I had hoped for, and boost up advertising there because I I think people are are moving that way anyways. And now's the time to to really capture that share. I think this just accelerates it. Absolutely, um, absolutely. It, you know, different triggers too, in-store triggers. Um, Repurchase triggers are different in store mm. based on online. Mm-hmm. So I just see that too as as I move and I I take different categories and products that I like to buy and I start sh- shopping for them more and more online. Yeah, those those repurchase triggers are different, and you're going to capture me. And if you're the brand that caught me, right, and I'm going to stay with you, and it kind of becomes a, a bit right. of a portfolio play, right? I think if you're a brand too, this is a great opportunity for you because it's harder for a shopper when they're going on to grocery pickup to really um, look at competitive sets and so if you capture them now the likelihood of them going back and and rediscovering that purchase is is like eh, they're not going to be looking and price comparing so much right. and so that repeat is just going to happen because oh it's it's easy it's in my basket it's yep. one of my favorites boom, boom, boom. i'm just going to i'm just going to continue on and so this is again capturing share for brands in this this time period in in this growth of e-commerce and of grocery pickup and delivery is critical, very huh? critical. critical, very critical. Totally get it. If you don't mind, let's shift a little bit and sure. talk a little bit about you because um, you've got a really cool background. Yeah. Um, so I, looking at, at your history, you've been on the supplier side, you've been on the agency side, and you've gone back and forth. Absolutely. Remember, uh, Geometry Global, um, Saatchi. Mm-hmm. Uh, gosh, who else we got here? Oh, we, we, with Kraft Heinz most recently, mm-hmm. with Jordan. Mm-hmm. So we've got a ton of stuff. Tell me a little bit about how did you get into shopper marketing? Yeah. And what's that path and journey been like? Well, so um, I actually got into shopper marketing. Uh, after my wife and I graduated from college, we, we were out in San Diego for a little bit and I was working with the internet entrepreneur, mm-hmm. um, which, which is great and kind of gave me exposure to that. Um, but really it was, it, we really wanted to be in this area. We love this area. Um, we, we went to college here. We, um, yeah, our families are, are nearby and everything. And so we decided, you know, it's time to move back. And I had studied marketing in school and um, at, at the U of A. And so we, we started looking at well, what, what's the opportunity. And at that time, that was in the early 2000s. That's when um, Thompson Murray had just uh, changed over to Saatchi and Saatchi X. And that was the place to be for shopper marketing. And I was so fortunate to have gotten in the door there and have grown in that space because that helped solidify my love for shopper marketing. That helped to teach me and train me and in what it is and how it can be effective. And so I uh, worked there, had some, had some great times, still have some great friends and connections there that I, um, that I get to connect with a lot. Um, but, you know, really that was, that was the start. And I wanted to explore what does it look like on the other side of the fence? So on the, on the supplier side, you got a great opportunity with Jardin Outdoor Solutions. So it, for me, I love the outdoors. So, so the Coleman right? Company, yeah. Rawlings, Pure Fishing, that's yeah. what it was. Now it's owned, owned by Newell. But, um, you know, those are such great companies to work for. And and to be able to look at those products and find out, well, why do shoppers want these? And how do I tell that story well? And how do I tell it in a, in a very reduced budget? So at that time, I was working on those with those companies for store shopper marketing, but also the e-commerce side. And so growing that rapidly. And that was when things were starting to really pick up from e-commerce and in the outdoors segment was, was really starting to pick up and got to just cut my teeth in, in that. So so then that's where this combination. So my, my role was a dual role, shopper marketing and e-commerce. It's where that merging started to happen. And I started to see 
wow, this is, this is something that we need to be looking at, this combination of it's not one or the other shopper, it's a shopper who's doing both. Yeah, um, yeah and, and got to work uh, with Geometry Global and with in the Kimberly-Clark account. Um, so I worked on P&G account, Kimberly-Clark account, and, and then uh, prior to what I'm doing now, Kraft Heinz, and that was really leading that team here um, in, for the Walmart team was just a, a phenomenal experience um, and and just a, a great, very highly intelligent group of people that um, I have high, high respect for. That's a neat team. I, I, I yeah. can remember going in and trying to sell to you guys on digital <laughs> right. media and, and bringing programs. You're like, Matt, I love it. This is a great idea, but can you prove it? Can you measure it? And does it work for me? And if you can't right. do that, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna buy it. Right. So it's right. tough, but made a lot of sense. Yeah. One thing I'd love to ask you since you've since you've been on both sides of the supplier and the agency side, is there anything you would say to those two groups about working together and being a team or things you've learned yeah. in that? Does it make sense since you've seen, seen both sides of the coin? Well, it, it's been great. That experience has been awesome because hopefully you'd have to ask them, but hopefully my um, the work that I have with with both the clients and with the agency has been better because I've been able to see from both sides of the fence. So. Um, from a from an agency side, I would say you know what things are moving at such a rapid pace, and budgets change so often. And a lot of times, as as much as your um, client counterpart wants to be a partner and wants to um, continue to fill you in on everything, it just moves so fast it's not possible. So so they need you for to do certain things. So if you're an agency, have that understanding of that's that's some of the struggles that the client's going through because they've got all this going on behind the scenes, but they but they need you to be um, a partner and be understanding, but come with thought leadership mm -hmm. and come with here's here's new ways to doing it. And I think as I was saying earlier, there's an approach that that needs to be had now of it's not just about. Is this, a, is this fun? Does it, does it showcase a neat creative idea? Those are great, but does it drive results? Yeah. And is it something that I can measure? Is it something that I can, that is overcoming a shopper barrier? And I need to be seeing the tried and trues, but I also need to be exploring well, what's new out there. What, what's something that's, that's emerging that I can test and learn on? Mm -hmm. So that's a very important thing. Um, from a client side, what I would say, as you work with the agency, um, a lot of times people are are very harsh with their agencies. And I, I think there is a an understanding that needs to take place of what all has to go on behind the scenes. And so I've, I've lived both and I've lived on the agency side where you, know, you think, oh, it's just a little thing. And a little thing can be a huge thing. And so having that understanding, that open dialogue um, for the client to be able to say, okay, let me understand what you're really going through and I want you to be a partner, and I understand that you're working on my behalf, and we're partners in this, and you're not just the person who I'm, I'm pushing to, to do everything I want, you know? Yeah. It, it's like, it, no, you're, you're my partner here, and if, if we look at it that way, and we, and we go into it that, that we are both going toward the same goal, I think you get a lot better interaction with people and, and a lot more respect from others. That makes sense. On the agency side, I'm hearing Hey, know, know, my, know my shopper, know my barriers, mm -hmm. be a thought leader, bring ideas mm -hmm. and solutions to me yes. because I am super, super busy and I'm taking the phone calls from Walmart all day long, right. putting out fires. So I've seen that too. And then from the supplier side, I'm hearing, hey, be a partner, understand what the agency's role is and that even small things and changes that pop up can be 
difficult. Absolutely. And on the agency side, there are processes that you may not see up the board. Uh, Absolutely. How do you get a new a change of creative into the creative system and, and yeah. get things going in there? jamming and going as fast as they can too right yeah in so, in there there is um i think you're seeing a shrink uh, as well in staffing everywhere it's it's just everybody's tightening their belts still and and we thought oh it's it's, it's going to loosen up um after their session but i think things stay continue, there when it they stay there right? yeah. and then it seems like it, it's continuing to do that and with that i think it's real important that um everybody's working together to develop processes and things that are going to help them be more efficient and and be more in tune with each other and if you're not consistently working on that then i think you're you're in trouble because those those processes like you talk about the red tapes and stuff you got to find ways to get around those yeah. and in and, and be able to to move more quickly because if you're not moving quickly you're dying yep, <laughs> and you're dying. It, speed of retail right. is is increasing faster and faster and you're standing still mm -hmm. right you're going more mm -hmm. or you're losing losing yeah. ground Throughout your career in shopping marketing, um, what are some struggles or some challenges that you've had that you've had to overcome that you think might help someone else? Yeah, one of the key things that I've really, I, I think, refined as I've um, continued to progress in my career is simplification. Mm -hmm. And I think what happens a lot of times is we get so involved in all the data and all the insights of everything that it gets complex. And we have to always step back and go, okay, there's only a few things that really, really matter to start with. Number one is I have a business problem that's preventing me from making money. What is that? You have to define that. Then there is a, a shopper problem that's associated with that. That, if, that if, if I know that and I understand what I need them to do and that behavior change, so I'm taking them from this behavior to doing that behavior, then things start to open up really quickly. But it's that refinement and simplification to go here's my here's my key barrier here's what I need to happen and really thinking through that on the front end that really helps open things up and so um, that's what I see a lot of people struggle with is is the the um, amount of data that comes in and the amount of thoughts and, and, and things where they can't simplify it enough to say this is what I really need to be going after and and be very laser focused on it because when when you do that then you really under, you've taken the time to understand your shopper and so that that was one thing that i is progressed over the over the years to to refine that that's amazing advice i mean there's so much noise that happens and mm -hmm. so much data and so much insight and so many people you got to work with within processes you have to Filter it down and focus it on what's yeah. my business problem and what do I want that shopper to, what's the behavior I'm trying to change? Right. Here's the, this is what will happen yeah. to my business in growing at Walmart if I do that. Absolutely. Right. And be able to take a step back because if it doesn't make sense to you like that, yeah. it's not going to make sense to anybody else. So a lot wrong. of times we have these grand ideas and we think they're, they're amazing. But then if you, if you take a step back and you look at it objectively, you go, nobody's going to understand that. Yeah. And, and so you got to refine it to make it very simple. Makes perfect sense. That's amazing. I love that advice. Um, what are some things that you do outside of shop and marketing that you enjoy that people might not know about you? Oh, goodness. Give me um, a couple of things. I know, well, I know we were talking earlier. You, you used to coach soccer. Some, absolutely. And my son was on your soccer yes. team. I just remember that. Yes. That was years ago. But years ago. Was, yeah. yeah. No, um, I, I have three kids and they range from 13 to nine and they're amazing. And so my wife and I love to, to do things with them, get outside and play and go on a hike and things. Um, I spent a lot of time, um, honestly, at, at different athletic events. So whether it be basketball or baseball or soccer, you know, we're, we're running wild. So that 
that's really where a lot of my time is um, working, you know, it, we, we have a great group of friends in a, in a community with our church and everything. So we enjoy that time we get to spend together. Um, for me, if I get any personal time, I'm, I'm, you know, playing and writing music. That's, that's my, my hobby and, and that's what I do. But um, beyond that, it, it's, it's all, all family all the time. You're playing and writing music. Yeah. So what do you, do you sing? Do you play an instrument? What do you do? I, I sing enough just to just to write my own music, but that, really? that that's about it. <laughs> but, but I do play guitar. Or, uh, no, or no, 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 no. This is this is this is all to... for personal fun. That's cool. I love it. Yeah, that is neat. Yeah. I, I didn't know that about you. Yeah, that's, that's no, I, I love to do that. I love to record music, um, and, which I haven't done in a long time with the kids, <laughs> yeah. being so busy. But um, I, I love to do that and just tinker around. It's, is there a it's, genre it's, or a type of uh, music that you enjoy? Uh, not necessarily. I, you know, I, I play guitar, so it has most of the things I write happen on acoustic guitar, and mm -hmm. and my roots are in the South, so it, it has a little bit it's of Southern flair to it. So that's that's about right. So when we start this year out, um, yeah. do you have a, a major goal or um, anything that you're trying to achieve this year that's top of your list? Um, you know, actually, uh, that's a good question because I, I was thinking about that just recently, and and it's. You're going to open a can of worms here, probably okay. that, that you may not so, have, uh, have intended good. to open. But no, I I've been thinking a lot about purpose and a lot about what I'm doing and who I am and um, what God's created me to be. And um, so my I think that one of the things and, and people who know me probably would say this is true. I'm a puzzle puzzle man. I love complex puzzles, and I think that's that's what I was created to do is solve puzzles. Solve puzzles. And so. Um, it, that translates in a lot of my life and in especially into business. And so as I think about how that translates into, well, what, what is my purpose? Well, it's, it's very simple. Uh, my, my purpose and, and it has, and it's, it's a, it's a bigger purpose than who I am. And so in that, that is making much of God and making little of myself. And yeah. so, so it's, it's very simple. And I think what's happening is I'm, I'm refining that more and more as I, as I grow. And um, just the more I explore that, the more I, I see I need less of me and more of him. And with that, as, as I think about business and I think about what, what are my goals and how am I growing business, I have to think of why. Why am I doing that? And and so my my purpose is, has um, been refined over the, over the last little bit where I've been like, you know, yes, it's great to grow business. It's great to make money and it's, it's great. All those things are fine things, but why are you doing that? And, and I'm really seeing more and more about how great it is that I'm blessed to be a blessing. So the more I can grow business and, and help others grow their business, it's blessing them, it's blessing their families. The more I can, I can grow personally and um, grow what I'm doing, the more I'm able to give and bless and be a blessing to others. And so I think that's really where I've, I've been um, learning and growing. And, and so that translates into what am I doing for, for next year? You know, what, what are my goals? What are the things? It's, it's really to, it's, it's more the why than, than the what. All right, okay, we're gonna do one minute drill, rapid one fire minute drill. questions, okay. okay? Okay, here we go. What's your favorite type of food? Mexican. Mexican, it's easy. What color is your toothbrush? Oh, black. It's black. <laughs> black. I'd like to know why in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll, we'll come back to that one. Do you have any pets? Yes, two. 
Uh, what do you have? Franklin and Lucy. They're gerbils. They're not gerbils. They're dogs. Um, yeah, two yeah. dogs. Two dogs. It's awesome. Okay, I love it. If you could be any animal, what would you be? <laughs> a bird. A bird? Yeah, because I'd love to be able to fly. Just fly around. That'd be the coolest thing ever. I like flying too. What's something that's on your bucket list that you haven't accomplished yet? Ooh. You may uh, or may not have a bucket list, but if you did, what would something that you put on? Yeah, I, we talked about playing music earlier. I, you know, I, I've played in worship bands and stuff, but I've never played my own stuff out. And I want to do that sometime. So take your stuff that you've written. Take the stuff I've written play, and yeah. play it in front of somebody. I'd so come and see. I, I'm going to try to do that. I'd come and see. Oh, I appreciate that. Me. I love it. Um, there's an easy one, but superhero. What kind of superhero would you be if you could be a superhero? Oh, yes, I'd be one. I, I'd love to be a superhero. Um, I, You got it. I won't say from movies, but but the the idea of Superman. I mean, he's like the ultimate superhero, right? Yeah. And that's so I think that's who I'd be. You can fly. You get you bullets can't hurt you. Stop that's trains, awesome. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's awesome. On the wall at Glasses or Max Point, there's a sign that says, "Always be yourself, unless you can be Batman, and then always be Batman. <laughs> always be Batman. Absolutely. Be Batman. Um, are you a morning or night person? Night, absolutely. Night, really? So you yes. stay up late and you get stay stuff up late. done? Uh, yeah, I'm a night okay, owl. So I'm a, I'm a morning guy, so I like to get up early and get it done. I, yeah, you, I, I have to stay up, finish it, and then, then I'll sleep in the next morning. Uh, what's your biggest addiction? My biggest addiction? Ooh. Um, my family? Yeah, okay. Yeah. I love it. That's it for today's edition of the Supplier Community Podcast. Join us in the coming weeks for more insightful conversations with industry experts. And for more information, visit our website, supplier.community. We bring you the experts. You've been listening to another episode of the Supplier Community Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. To get in touch with us, any of our experts, or to be featured as a Supplier Community expert, reach out to amanda at supplier.community.